Hello, this is Reconstruction Calls. I'm your host, Spiritual Director Aaron Maines. In this episode, I'm talking to my friends Mike and Carrie Bauman. They're from North Carolina. They have a son named Atticus, who's one of the coolest kids I know. So please hold while I get them on the line. Hey guys, thanks for doing this today. Um, so I just want to get going. So like as an intro, can you share with me as much as you can by telling us about who you are and your in, in all the whatever typing system you guys might know about so we can learn a little about you in shorthand and honestly just judge you accordingly. So uh, <laughs> uh, if you could tell me, I don't know, Enneagram, love languages, strength finders, whatever you guys are into, can you just tell us a, a short intro that way? A long time ago, we did our love languages. Okay. And I think I was quality time. And at one point, I was gifts. I don't know if okay. I still am, but I was like, <laughs> you know, giving gifts. And I remember Carrie bringing gifts to me at one point. She bought me jeans. I remember that very early <laughs> on in our relationship. Bringing gifts to you as if you are the Christ child. <laughs> how you made that sound. Um. Um, my Here's my frankincense, myrrh, and Levi's. Right. <laughs> Only the most appropriate gifts. Um, yeah, we did the gifts when we were in like a small group after we got married. It was one of the things that we talked about. Mine is also quality time. Um, I, I think that that's kind of all I remember about that. And we've done the Enneagram um, I'm a six on the Enneagram and I made Mike take the Enneagram test and he was a five. I think that's similar okay. to you and Brandy, right? So yes, we're the also we get along. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, so, um, oh. what is a five? I mean, that's, it's like you're a I know hermit. you said I hold my, uh, cards close to my chest. Yes. Fives, um, right now are really enjoying this, uh, stay at home time. You were born <laughs> for this. <laughs> we're like, Hey, welcome to our world. <laughs> Could, could you guys just leave me alone? Thanks. <laughs> Anything uh, else? Y'all, are, are y'all strength finders people? Are you Myers-Briggs I, people? We did Myers-Briggs at school as all the teachers took their Myers-Briggs and they get to know each other better. And I was a INFJ, um, oh, okay. which is really rare. Um, but I am. Mike, we're almost the same person. I'm we an are, INTJ. Which is, which is why I uh, enjoy hanging out with him so much. Uh, we, yeah. were at, um, we were at Red Rocks. When was that? Last summer uh, to see uh, the Avid Brothers. We were all there together um, for, for your listening uh, information. And um, we're, we're kind of standing around uh, uh, tailgating. Mike walks up to me and says, I don't really like small talk. So what do you think about Satan? <laughs> And I was like, I love you this guy. <laughs> I was uh, reading this book, and you told me about the book you were reading. And, and it is. Like, I was just brushing up on my personality type. Like, I was looking at the INFJ, and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they want to have those deep conversations. And I'm like, that is me, which is whenever, like, I'm in a car with just another person that is not, like, somebody I'm close to, I am always thinking about what are we going to talk about? I don't know what to talk about. I only want to talk about deep yeah. things. And that's, <laughs> I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make small talk. Yeah, me either. Carrie, how are you with small talk? I'm fine with small talk. 
because uh, you know, <laughs> like like a, a six, I have a lot of anxiety all the time. So it um <laughs> it's easier than like getting into a big situation where I'm gonna be judged. I don't know my Myers Briggs. I haven't taken it since I was like sixteen. I'm not very mm-hmm. good at personality tests. I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. I like to be I like to poll everything where I wanna know what other people think. But I do okay. I do as a I'm a librarian and I do feel like as a storytelling thing that when you're taking personality tests, it's almost like we're all unreliable narrators of our own lives. I know how I think mm. I act, but I don't know <laughs> if that's actually how I respond to things. So I'm not yeah. very good at the personality tests. So I maybe I don't I maybe don't disagree with you, but tell me more. What is what does being an unreliable narrator of your own life mean? So I just that we all when we're answering those questions, I feel like we are we answer aspirationally mm. more than we answer accurately. Um, so sometimes you hear people talk about it and you're like, I don't know if you're really like that. I know that that I can see how you <laughs> might want to be like that. Um, yeah. And so I just struggle. You know, a lot of those you're not supposed to like say, what do you think? You know, you're supposed to answer honestly about yourself. But I struggle with knowing, you know, all the time how I actually Mm. um, would respond in certain situations or do respond. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So anything else? Strength finders? Um, I I don't even know what they all are. I just, I just (laughs) like, like starting here. It helps us all get like a. I do learning styles with uh, my students. Like, okay, give me, give me some learning best. style. You know, like, do you do better learning in nature or by talking to people or thinking inside your head and, <laughs> um, or words or, um, so we talk about different ways we like to learn. And I'm like, I'm very, um, with being a reader is with words and logical math and learning through nature mm-hmm. or like, and then. It was not interpersonal. It was <laughs> intrapersonal, where I just like to think of my own thoughts and be alone. And I yeah. mean, that's not shocking as a as a being a five on the enneagram. So that's not shocking. <laughs> I think um, I always need more processing time. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'll have an idea, but I'm never ready to act on it like right away. Yeah. And sometimes I'll brainstorm things, and then people will be like, "Yeah, you can do that. You can do it tomorrow." And I'm like, "Oh no, mm-hmm. that is not what I meant." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carrie, you're a librarian and Mike, you are a teacher. What do you teach? I teach fourth graders. Okay. Out All subjects that I'm pointing to. I, <laughs> this is the first year where I haven't taught reading, uh, but I had taught all subjects for several years. Okay. I was a reading teacher and now I just teach math. Uh, okay. So you but, guys are like big book people. Yes. <laughs> we just cool. made that, a video that. for our church about family read-alouds during this well during the stay-at-home time so yeah yes okay cool thank you for uh giving us a lot of material to judge you by we, we appreciate it <laughs> Nothing all right better. all right we're gonna play a game to help us know you a little bit more we're gonna play a, a game called how christian were you i wish i had a theme song but i don't um uh so i'm, I'm ready to win you, <laughs> I, uh, I, there's a, there's... I, was, I was super Christian. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm just going to ask you three questions. Just answer honestly. Um, so we'll just hear from each of you. Okay, so question one Did your family at any point boycott Target or any other major retailer? 
that's a good one. Um, Disney, we boycotted Disney. Mm, the Disney, uh, the classic Disney boycott. Witchcraft, yes. right? It was. I mean, we watched all the things like, um, I mean, I remember watching videos about how evil so many things were. So, um, but yeah, we boycotted <laughs> was it because Disney. Of, like the cover of the Little Mermaid, that that time period. That time period. Um, or I earlier. remember in youth group we uh, boycotted um, ABC when they started with Ellen. Right. Uh, NBC when oh, when right. Grace started. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, things that we boycotted. We didn't have what about you, Target. Carrie? until later <laughs> i do remember what did people boycott target because of amy grant being in their commercial is that what it was I, oh that does seem right i actually don't remember but um, that does seem right so my family was not really big into boycotting things but i did okay. go to church with people who were like you can't watch sesame street because there's witches on it the Care Bears and the Smurfs. Mm -hmm. Like, I did, so I grew up boycott adjacent, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, good, good. Okay, <laughs> question two. Question two. Have you ever been in a hell house? No. Really? Thank, thank, thank God I have not been <laughs> in a hell house. Wow. I, okay. I have not been in a hell house, but when they would do, like, skits, it's mm -hmm. like a, a comparable thing, right? Where it would go through all the stages and then she's like, oh no, it was the sinner. And then she oh, yeah. went to skits. hell. So skits I have seen, but not actually oh. in a hell house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I've done the, the skits and yeah, the you screaming did them. and pull it. Oh yeah. I was. I oh was yeah. She was a mime. I did mime. They played like nine inch nails and everyone was in hell. And yes. It was scary. Yeah. Sounds like something I'd enjoy now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Question three. Question three. Did you kiss dating goodbye? Um, that's no. a hard one to answer. Well, we worked at the Christian bookstore when that was very popular. I read it. I sold many copies of I kissed I kissed dating <laughs> goodbye. I I like the like I remember liking the premise behind it, um, but I don't know. Okay. But again. Can, can like a lot of people at my church were like, did the courtship model thing. It was mm -hmm. very, very present in my life, but my parents were always a little bit skeptical of that uh, level of organization, I think. So, <laughs> much like me. <laughs> okay. All right. That's great. Oh, one thing. Bonus question. Ooh. Just, just as quick as you can, just give me the answer. Okay. Ready? Here uh -huh. comes the bonus question. Toby, Michael, or Kevin? Kevin. Kevin. Oh, <laughs> he was excellent. the hot one. And <laughs> I liked his vocals. I, I had mean. a poster on the wall, but it was for Kevin. Really. Just his Work. vibrato. Uh, the, the hair. With a oh, 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 Toby. oh, 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 I mean, down. he had the best parts in like Heaven Bound and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the deep <laughs> cuts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so did you buy? My, let, oh, go ahead. Did you buy DC Talk's first album before their second album? 
I don't think Ooh. so. I think Jesus Freak first. Let's see. What? Oh, that that's like their fourth that's... album, isn't it? I had a friend that had what it, was it, Heaven Bound, the name of the album. I had a friend that had that. No, whatever that was their album. self-titled album. And then that New was Thing. their first album. Oh, no, I had New Thing first. Yeah. yeah. But I, I had a friend that had uh, the self-titled album on cassette. Yeah. And so we would yeah. listen to it. I, I don't know when I, if I got the cassette. I remember my first CD was Michael W. Smith's Rocket Town. Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. It is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks for playing. How, Christian, where are you? So just hang on the line a second while we tabulate your scores. Obviously, you both were really Christian. Thank you. Okay. I was, ho- so I was can, hoping to get congrats. a did you throw away your CDs kind of question. Oh, that one, not in this round. Maybe in a later <laughs> podcast we'll do that. So congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You win a year supply of testaments because, you know, you got to keep your breath fresh when you're on beach reach. Um, so I'll, I'll start, I'll get your address when this is over and we'll, uh, we'll figure that out. So, all right. Um, on a more serious note, I know that both of you integrate your faith in your everyday life as you teach and parent and live in your community. So my, I guess my first question is, uh, was, was that the model of faith that you knew first? Is that how your parents were or how did you kind of arrive at that? Uh, that's really deep. <laughs> what you said you wanted. Uh, well, when, no when it's really deep, I just write up processing time, you know. <laughs> so, um, no, my my family was not like that. So, um, I was the. So, if we start at when God entered my life, um, I was christened as a baby. Um, I was also baptized at the age of six after my parents got born again. Um, mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, at uh, PTL Heritage USA, Jim Baker. Um, I was actually baptized okay. on our vacation there by one of the icons of uh, the PTL network, Uncle Henry, who was like the uh, Ed McMahon of the Johnny Carson show of the Jim Baker show. <laughs> so I was baptized by him. <laughs> when I was six um, and we were the, you know, go to the A&P and hand out tracks on the weekend Mm -hmm. kind of family Mm -hmm. and, you know, all this uh, end times and everything. Oh man. Do you remember uh, the Mark of the Beast and those movies? Yeah. I I love them. Um, (laughs) I I wish I could watch them again um, in this stage of my life. I only watched it on, uh, pre-reconstruction um so yeah i mean i lived in a you know if you sin you're gonna go to hell Mm -hmm. unless you ask for forgiveness and i always lived with that fear of if i do anything that is wrong and then i die without asking for forgiveness i would go to hell so that was my uh upbringing and it Mm -hmm. was what kept me awake at night yeah Um, at, uh, we moved to South Carolina, uh, to around where Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is where PTL and Heritage USA was based. And it was right after Jim Baker left and things were starting to fall apart. But I went to my seventh grade year, uh, at, it was called Heritage Academy, which was, was their school. And they had like a open question and answer time where you write in a question anonymously and they would answer it. Mm-hmm. And, 
they read my question because it was that honest question. Like, if I think I'm going to hell, am I? Because if I think I've sinned and I haven't asked for, get, for forgiveness, and will I go to hell? And they're like, they answered that question and they said yes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there was a lot more fear for the next did you, 10 years did you of my life. Did you feel like, did you feel you were like, well, that confirms what I thought? Or at that, you know, kind of in that even early phase of your life where you sort of like, I, I just don't know. No, I, I kept that fear for a long time. It, yeah. Yeah. So it was not until, uh, uh, after I met Carrie, that um, she brought that kind of, you know, wisdom into my life that I needed. Mm. Yeah. Carrie, what about you growing up? Um, I would say I had good models. I was really surrounded by um, especially really godly women. Um, my mom, her sister, my grandma, who were women who I felt really lived out their faith, were really thoughtful, cared about things that have continued to be important to me, like reading and prayer and reflection. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad, I'd see my parents, they were really, they were the kind of people who would get up and do Bible study in the morning. Um, they, my dad also, I, as I got older, I really saw him doing things like just he'd just make a lot of hot dogs and go like feed the homeless in the park. Mm. Um, and so very practical. Um, I remember feeling like when we um, joined the church that we're in now that I really saw um, people giving more in their community than I had in the churches that I saw growing up. But my parents always were that way. My mom was a teacher. You know, my dad was always trying to, give to the community and serve the community. So um, I feel like I had models that were a lot more um, grounded and practical than the ones mm -hmm. that Mike had. Yeah. And so when would you say for, for both of you, um, well, Carrie, I don't, would you say that you went through sort of deconstruction, reconstruction? Oh, um, absolutely. Or it, it yeah. oh, okay. And so when did that happen? Um, kind of at what points of that of your life did those things happen? I know for me, um, I had really felt alienated from my family's church community, like in high school. Um, every it was a little bit kind of anti-intellectual in a way that really concerned me. And it's real fundamentalist, Calvinist, um, and also like charismatic. With the we had the people coming from the Toronto revival and everyone's laughing and everyone's mm -hmm. falling down. Um, but then in college, it, it just felt like there was nothing I could ever do to earn those people's praise. I was also one of the only kids who was in public school. Everyone else was either homeschool or Christian school. And it just set up a lot of, I was doing everything wrong kind of all the time. Um, but not from my family. I was getting a different message from church than I was from my family. So that was kind of, uh, that was really difficult. In college, I really remember um, a, a real kind of turning point for me was that I was, I was really involved in intervarsity, but I had a friend and she came out to me as a lesbian and she didn't want to come to intervarsity with me, but she asked me to come to the pride meeting, um, which was like the, LGBTQ club. And so I was like, okay. Um, and the night that I went, they all ended up like sitting around giving their testimony. And it was like, 
the mm. holiest thing I'd ever experienced. Because like <laughs> Christians sit around and give their testimonies, but like who are they giving them to? We we don't need each other's stories, but like they were encouraging each other with their stories of like their families. And I just remember one in particular, his dad was a pastor and his mom was really, really making an effort. Um, and it was like the most beautiful thing and like the holiest thing that I could remember. And I just remember thinking, if this is not what, um, like, if this is, if this is wrong, then I, d I don't know that I want to be part of anything that, that thinks this yeah. is wrong. And yeah. so that was a big turning yeah. point for me in particular. And so that's when I was about probably 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And Mike, what about you? I know you, you said uh, when you met Carrie, you got sort of a different uh, idea of faith than what, what you had grown up with. I remember my mom, like we, the church we went to when I lived in New York up until I we moved to South Carolina was, you know, run by, I mean, it was a charismatic church and run by somebody who did not go to any kind of schooling. He just went mm -hmm. based on feeling and then... Um, and then when, after Heritage USA, you know, collapsed, we did like churches at home and tried to get from different people trying to find a place and hosting our own churches. And it was weird. And then I started going to a charismatic church, but it was part of a de denomination. It was, um, uh, uh, Church of God, um, mm -hmm. one out of Tennessee and, um, like I was like my parents didn't like it because it it was what they would call organized religion because they had some kind of doctrine that they would follow and a belief system and I'm like um I'm like this doesn't sound right is when I started that's when I really started questioning like maybe my parents are not leading me the right way mm. but I need to be led and then true story I went to uh Bible college <laughs> For one year after graduating uh, high school, I went to Bible college uh, to be a teacher. Church of God, Bible college. My parents wanted me to be a pastor. While I was there, I learned a lot about that my parents are not actually, they don't understand the vocabulary of faith. Uh, if they are saying I am part of a organized religion, and I'm doing quotes around that. Uh, so... I think that's when I really stopped listening to my parents and started and said, Hey, I need to start figuring this out with educated people. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't, that was when that would be 93. I moved away from my parents in 98. Uh, so there was, you know, five years of, I dropped out of, uh, Bible College, which I think is a great, great shirt that I should get. <laughs> um, Bible but, College dropout. Yes. Um, and it was over a girl, by the way, not because of any kind of doctrinal belief. I just wanted to spend time uh, talking to this girl that I liked, and I stopped going to classes. Uh, but it was um, a time of where I was starting to ask these questions, starting to rebel and starting to explore uh, mm -hmm. other avenues of, you know, being myself and pursuing my interests. So it was, uh, so, so that, yeah, that seems like it happened 
you know, high school, college years for both of you. Is that right? Yeah, it did for me. Yeah, my college years are a little different. I think uh, the reconstruction happened when I went back to uh, school. um, When When you were about in late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. uh, We had already started going to a progressive church, but I think reading uh, Marcus Borg is Mm. kind of what uh, changed my life. Marcus Borg, he's like the blue pill of reconstruction. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the real world. (laughs) But the great thing is that that was, I took a religion class in college, like in my later 20s college, not my Bible school college. And it was something that I, I loved. Who, who knows where the lines of deconstructing and reconstructing began? What was each of your processes like? What, what did that look like for you to, to begin like a way out? We left the evangelical church um, that we'd been attending and where we got married. And um, I had been ready to leave for a little while. And then at one point, like one Sunday, we just left that day. And Mike was like, we're never going back. And I was like, hooray. (laughs) Um, And we had planned to kind of visit some other churches. um, And I had, I was in library school at the time and had done some work with um, the community read and the church that we uh, decided to check out had like participated in the community read. And then it was, the book was a lesson before dying. And the church had paired with a black church to discuss you know, a lot of the racial issues in that book. And I thought that was really admirable. And I was like, let's try that. Those people were nice. Mm -hmm. And we had planned to try it for like a month. And that was in 2003. And we're still attending. (laughs) But um, we, the church was a lot more liberal than we were at the time. And I think that was really helpful for us. Because we were just like, okay, there's like a lot of things that we can ask questions about and figure out where we're going to arrive. And so a big one for us was LGBTQ issues. Um, They had gay deacons at the time. um, And now they have, there's, um, there have been LGBTQ people on staff, which is great. Um, But it just gave us a lot of space to ask questions. And so when we were kind of falling apart, we were already in a community where like almost everyone had already done that or was in the process Mm -hmm. of doing that it was a very safe place for us to land. Like it's, you know, I hear stories now and I'm like, we were so lucky. We just kind of left and landed somewhere safe mm. almost immediately. Yeah, I don't know if you agree. Yeah. I do. It was like, you know, we were done. We took a month off and then we tried one church and it was where we needed to be. Was there any thought to just not doing church anymore? I do think if we hadn't landed there, we might not be going to church. Like if we hadn't Mm -hmm. been lucky enough to find a place, I'm very sympathetic to people who are like, I'm done. And Mm -hmm. it's because, you know, they're, they're kind of taught there's only one way to do it. And they, they're not given an option to see, Oh no, there's lots of different ways. Um, There's not just the way that you were raised because I, I didn't know there were other ways really um, until we kind of started looking around. I had thought we would end up Episcopalian because all my favorite writers are Episcopalian. I'm like, that's what we're going to do. But I was like, we'll try this American Baptist church first. And it worked out great for us. I do think that we, it would really help that we had each other and we kind of had that commitment. We both felt strongly that we wanted church community and that we felt strongly about um, having a Christian faith in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
in, in my own life and, and with so many people that I've talked to or worked with, for a lot of them, there might be like a singular issue where they feel like, you know, I have a really firm belief on this one issue, be it, um, you know, oftentimes it's sort of uh, how the Bible talks about women or how the Bible talks about slavery or LGBT issues. Um, and it's sort of, to me, I, I feel like it's like a sweater and um, you start pulling one little thread and the whole mm -hmm. thing sort of comes apart. Were there any issues for you? You've referenced sort of the LGBT issue. Were there mm -hmm. any other issues um, where you felt like, well, I, I felt one way about it, but then when I pulled on the thread of this other issue, it all sort of came apart. How, how did that work for you guys? I, I always say that it is, I once, um, I don't, we have not mentioned this. I, Carrie and I both worked at a Christian bookstore. That's true. That's that? how we met. We should earn we some get a extra shout points out? for that. <laughs> the family Christian store. Can we get some bonus points for that? That's how we met. So <laughs> yeah, you, you can definitely reevaluate our scores there. Yes. Yeah. Now, you are, you are, store. now you guys are ultra Christian. Yes. <laughs> Knew it. So I, I think you might've said it when we did the, when you talked about Ica stating goodbye. Oh, right. Uh, selling I did. a lot yeah. of the copies, but we did. I, I was, worked at a Christian store, uh, Christian bookstore. I was the manager. Uh, I sold lots of things and I remember selling tracts and cringing at them because of the A&P flashbacks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just the, just everything about the, I don't know, the subculture. No, the language of those tracts. I just think about the LGBTQ. I think about um, abortion. I think about all of the like ways to talk through hate. So in deconstruction, it's tearing the whole entire building down and then keeping mm -hmm. the pieces that that work and are sturdy. And so it was, I think really easy for me to say yes that that makes sense that kind of clicks and I don't know like I just tore the whole building down and yeah. you know and it was I think easy to rebuild saying this makes mm -hmm. sense and this clicks and this works and mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's I don't feel shaken when I hear people questioning you know Christianity and saying it doesn't hold water. I'm like, yes, it does, but not these, mm -hmm. like all the evangelical stuff that I was grown up with. I'm like, it doesn't hold water. You are right. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I think that the LGBTQ issues were very important to both of us because um, we had friends and we were like, you know, how can they be like shut out of an entire religion? Like, because of who they love, that doesn't make any sense. So that was very important to both of us. And then for me, um, as a reader, you know, my favorite author had always been Madeline Langle, and she talks a lot about story as truth and like the truth being more important than the facts. And so going to a church um, that believed, you know, like really valued the Bible, which is what our church does, but it doesn't take it as 
everything in it is a historical fact um, Mm -hmm. was what I needed because I think, you know, the, like I loved the Bible and I continue to love the Bible, but um, that was always a sticking point for me. I'm like, I'm supposed to believe like, you know, they're talking about dinosaurs or whatever in the Proverbs or the Psalms Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. all that answers in Genesis stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, and Job. Yeah. The Leviathan or whatever. Um, And, I just feel like, you know, that that's kind of what I mean when I'm talking about anti-intellectualism, but like valuing the Bible for what it is. Um, that was, that was the big thing for me was the text. Like how do we value the text without asking it to do something it was never intended to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So as you guys, uh, began sort of reconstruction, are you married at that point? And then, so yes, what is we got married like? really young. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we were lucky. Yeah. You're 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 lucky you've you found a church. And so as you've just gone forward, um what does that look like as both of your faith has changed here and there or on like Carrie, you were referencing like Mike might move this way and you feel like, well, I'm not there or vice versa or how that was how's that looked as you guys have aged some, have have become parents? Um, what does that look like for you uh, as a couple? Um, I mean, one of the things that I always say that I'm very thankful for is that I don't have to do just as a dad, um, and having a son that I don't have to talk to my son about hell. And it's a great thing that Mm. I don't have to pass on that fear to him that, you know, he is going to go to hell. Um, He's not good enough. So I know that's I, part of it for me. Yeah, I think that's a just a wonderful uh, thing to have. I've been really yeah. involved with like rebuilding the children's program at our church. There were not like a lot of young families when we started going there. Again, this was in two thousand three, so a lot of people our age have started to have kids and have young kids. And some of us who grew up um, much more conservative really have worried about well how do we talk to our kids about god and so we've had it's been really wonderful to like examine the um the text that we're using with the kids and how we're talking to them um and so that's been it's been a real pleasure to say we can send different messages to our kids i know that we feel really grateful about that messages that are really rooted in um the love that jesus talked about and following him and being um made in God's image. So mm-hmm. that's all been really resonant with me. I think for me, um, my own parents, the, the, you know, the model of faith that I grew up with in the home was sort of carry what you referenced. Like my parents would be up doing Bible studies early in the morning or that sort of thing. And I wonder, um, you know, for a lot of us, parenting doesn't look like that. Like, I don't know that my kids would tell you, well, I see my dad doing um, well, I think more of what they would tell you now is I see my dad walk a labyrinth. Sometimes I feel like, well, the only model that I knew of modeling faith to my kids was that my mom would be reading her Bible in the morning mm-hmm. um, or that sort of thing. So how do you, as parents, how are you modeling sort of a reconstructed faith to, um, you know, I would say your own, your own, but uh, your own son, but you also work with kids on um, day in and day out. So how do you model faith to um, kind of a next generation? Carrie, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think that's tough. I do think our church allows a lot of participation, you know, because we're Baptist. Um, they say every member, a minister. And so anything that we want to do or participate in, they let you sign up for. Um, and so I've gotten to serve communion. Um, I'll lead the prayers pretty often at church. And like by serve communion, I mean like give the liturgy beforehand, share. Um, they've let me preach a few times. So I know that Atticus sees those as um, roles that are important to us. And he also, to me, it's important that he sees women in those roles um, as well. And so I think that's been something that's been really helpful. Mike, um, he knows Mike serves as a deacon right now. So a lot of it is very like practical things, service oriented things that we try to do with him. Um, but it does not really, yeah, look like reading the Bible. It, it does look like, like right now we try to, you know, now that we're not doing in-person church, you know, we <laughs> together try to take our, like the service that our church sends and take it to the park and among the trees, walk together and do our prayers and that kind of thing. Um, so ke keeping that as an important part of our life together. Um, but yeah, not in the same way that we would have seen. I think um, just to add, like when we're, our church has started a creation justice um, team and just adding in that, you know, that science plays an important part in our faith. And I think that's a great thing is that, you know, Atticus and I and Carrie enjoy watching, um, you know, the cosmos by Neil deGrasse Tyson mm -hmm. um, and being able to, you know, watch that and say, you know, we're learning how, you know, the universe was created and how everything is tied together. And mm -hmm. it doesn't shake our faith at all because um, as a elementary school teacher, we talk about, you know, the five W's and the H, who, what, when, where, why, and how. And I think I like to keep things pretty simple. It's like, if it's who that we're talking about, we're talking about God and we're talking about what creation. And then we talk about how, and it's like science is how that works together. And it's, um, I think that's, an important part is that, you know, my faith is not shaken by science because I know the who, and I feel like that should be a shirt for charismatics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think si like the um, absolute role that like our church ha is so supportive of science. I hadn't even thought about that, but I'm, that was a huge one for both of us, I think, um, that that yeah the messages were always very pro um i mean i guess i did sort of talk about it with the dinosaurs but um that we weren't at being asked to leave part of our brains or part of our knowledge at the door um and yeah like our church just installed installed solar panels on the roof and that's a great opportunity to talk to atticus about well as christians we care about taking care of god's gift of creation i think a lot of people and i think you may have expressed this some too but we don't have like the well-worn path of faith that maybe our parents had um, in a sense of they sort of modeled their faith after what their parents were doing, that sort of thing as, as kind of we being, you know, thirties, forties year olds, um, 
moving in a in a direction that is is you know essentially a more spiritual direction a more um uh just just maybe less organized um <laughs> mike at this point your your parents yeah. might feel like you're such you, you know they're they're so hippies compared to where you're at at this point <laughs> but um uh you know i feel so often like um we have a less like well-worn path that we walk um and at the same time maybe that's not true in the sense of there are people certainly uh, that were uh for me I didn't necessarily think those people were Christian. So when you say like the Episcopals, like growing up, I thought, oh, you got to watch out for those Episcopals. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so all that to be said, uh, I think as, you know, people of reconstructed faith, sometimes we're um, just expanding and evolving and looking for ways to model new faith in our own lives and, and for people around us. So do you guys feel um, this just where you're at on your own faith journey, do you feel isolated? Do you feel connected? Uh, just where are you today? I feel connected because we have people who are all reconstructing and rebuilding. Uh, mm -hmm. We're surrounded by them all the time. Um, yeah. So we have that community. A couple years ago, um, I applied to divinity school and they said, you know, talk about your call. And I said, I feel like my call is to being a lifelong learner. And that's what I would want for all of us where it's, you know, we don't feel the same way that we did a couple years ago or as kids that we're always trying to develop um, our learning and to be open to new ideas. And so I don't want to act like we're like reinventing faith, but, you know, we're always trying to learn and be open and i think that would be mm -hmm. kind of how we feel what we feel called to it's like yeah. uh the head and the hearts a lot of the themes on their first album is about not going back home because everyone thinks you haven't changed and you're the same person right and, um so i hear what you're saying it's allowing like, for change i'm not the person i was when i'm 10 i'm not the person i was when i was 18 when i left that mm -hmm. have changed being in those spaces that allow for that so i don't say you know i have friends who support us in our community that support us but it can be a lonely process for sure oh that's so good thank you guys so much for being on today i appreciate thank all you. of it so good thank you all right as we wrap up today i just wanted to ask you what has you hung up right now so tell us about a book or a podcast music, movie, whatever it might be that's, that you're paying attention to and something that's affecting your faith today. Scott David just produced an album for uh, Eve Barzillet under his band Clem Snide. And Clem Snide is one of those artists, Eve Barzillet is one of those artists that um, I just love listening to because he asks the big questions. And we, um, I think... 11, nine, nine years ago, um, he, you know, did that kind of artist thing where it's like, hey, pay me money and I'll write you a song based on your writings. And so uh, Carrie was pregnant with Atticus and she wrote for a whole entire month in November before he was born. Uh, she wrote letters to him every day. And so I'm like, hey, can you write my son a theme song? And he did. And um uh, you call him Uncle Eve. Uncle Eve <laughs> is what I call him. 
Um, so he just has this new album out. Uh, it's the first Clem Snide album in a while. Clem Snide. He asked the deep questions, and it's even in Atticus's theme song. So it's the thing that uh, I have been thinking on. I've been um, thinking a lot about joy this year. Um, kind of that's been the word that I've sort of oriented things about. Like, how do I make choices that um, bring joy to more people, whether that's at work or at home um, or just in my personal life. And um, it's been funny because this is not a very joyful time, but, you know, thinking about ways to make things more fun um, and just look for those sparklets, I think, of joy. And so um, the book that I would probably recommend is um, by the poet Ross Gay, and it's called The Book of Delights. Um, and he is, um, he just kind of journaled every day, kind of looking for a delight. Um, mm. And he's a poet, so all of his writing is, of course, very beautiful. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, some of them are very mundane and some of them are very deep. Um, and it's just a lovely book. And I think that is um, really where I'm finding, you know, those thin places to to look for God in my life is looking for joy or being participatory in making joyful things. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find out more about Spiritual Direction and me, Aaron Maines, at my website, www.aaronkmaines.com. Goodbye for now.